Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. This episode of the Eye on College Basketball Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. You got consent. And don't forget to also subscribe to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel while you're here. All right, let's get into it. The first great on-paper game of the season. Going to be played tonight inside Cameron Indoor Stadium in Durham, North Carolina. It's number two Duke hosted. Number 12 Arizona. Tip schedule for 7 o'clock Eastern. That's on ESPN. We're going to pick it later in the season debut of the Final Four and One. Let's start by uh, talking through how this big brand versus big brand home and home series came together. Deadleg, you wrote about it, CBSSports.com. You talked to Tommy Loy. You talked to John Shire. What did they tell you about their decision to give the first week of this season its only ranked versus ranked matchup? Yeah, the only ranked versus ranked matchup the first eight days of the season, in fact, and can't wait, can't wait for this game tonight. This is uh, this is going to be big time stuff. Only the second time. Arizona has ever traveled to play at Cameron Indoor. The previous time was just a two-point outcome in favor of Duke. Tommy Lloyd is the person responsible for making this happen. Um, shortly after Shire took over the reins of the Duke program, Lloyd called Shire in the spring of 22 and he called him explicitly to talk. He did, they're not, you know, they don't know each other exceedingly well. They've seen each other on the recruiting trail here and there, but it's not like uh, they're absolute buddy buddies. And you know, he saw Lloyd, who's always willing and wanting to schedule uh, very aggressively. In fact, Arizona this season, when it's all said and done, could could wind up with the toughest non-conference schedule in the country. It's at Duke. It's got a game against Michigan State, and we'll see what Michigan State is. But it's got a, that's out in Palm Springs. It's got a game against Wisconsin. It's playing Purdue and Indianapolis. It's playing Alabama uh, on a neutral floor as well. It's got Florida Atlantic in Las Vegas. So. Um, the point is Tommy Lloyd, and this is detailed in the column, but uh, has ambitiously scheduled in the non-conference in a way that reflects, you know, how he came up under under Mark Few at Gonzaga. So he calls up Shire, and sometimes these things behind the scenes between coaches, you know, I think, you know, to kind of peek behind the curtain for our audience, uh, there are plenty of instances uh, you and I have heard over the years where 
you know, two head coaches at, you know, two you know, top 15, 20, 25 type programs. Uh, sometimes they successfully make a, a series work. And sometimes that that takes years. Sometimes they get close to making something work and it just never materializes for one reason or other. Sometimes, frankly, those reasons are understandable. And sometimes, in my opinion, they are not. But uh, in this case, it just didn't take long. Uh, Shire wanted to, to, to do it. it. It was notable because Mike Krzyzewski did not willingly schedule a non-conference road game that wasn't mandated by a television arrangement. So this is not Big Ten ACC challenge stuff. The last time, as far as I can tell, and this one, and to be honest, I didn't 100% fact check this. So for all I know, maybe uh, this might have also been TV mandated, but I'm giving K the benefit of the doubt. 2008 against Michigan was the last time Duke went on the road and it wasn't in one of these specifically TV arranged roadies in the non-con for Duke. Duke did just fine for itself. Krzyzewski didn't necessarily have to do this, but it is better for college basketball in the first four to six weeks of its season if you have the Duke program either in its you know hallowed confines of Cameron Indoor or going into hostile territory against a, a big program in the non-con, having them in that kind of environment, right? And we will have that later this month when Duke travels to play Arkansas in the new ACC SEC challenge, and that's going to be an awesome thing. But Shire told me this is going to be the plan moving forward. You know, I'm going to schedule a home and home with a big program annually. And so, you know, I I would I would venture to guess that in years when Duke is scheduled to be on the road in the ACC SEC challenge, then Duke will have the home game against the big time team just like this year. And then when that's flipped next year, Duke's going to go in the first week of the season play at Arizona. And they could be the number one ranked team with Cooper Flag. That could be the best matchup of the entire non-con a year from now. Uh, Duke will get the home game for, against whatever SEC team uh, comes in. So uh, Lloyd wanted to make it happen. It didn't take long. And as the column points out, it's really refreshing that two coaches with three combined years of head coaching experience, Shire's 36, Lloyd's been around a bit. He's 48, but in terms of head coaching, like he's he's still relatively new to the game. They are scheduling as though they have uh, the best job security in the country, and frankly, they have very good job security. But it would be understandable, GP, if they, if they weren't as ambitious as w- the way they've been. I hope that's a bit contagious because to have Duke and Arizona, two clear top 10 programs in the country, from a brand perspective, Duke is probably number one. Arizona easily is in the top 10, maybe even better than that. Um, agreeing to play each other. And then just this isn't going to change. At least that's what the guys told me. So I'm going to hold them to account. Like we're going to continue to see Arizona and Duke programs that matter on a national level, continue to be in these games in on campus environments. And if more coaches had a die, and I'm not saying that the sport is void of it. I'm not saying that, but it used to be more than it is now. And if more coaches took this approach, then we have some great games on Friday, GP. We would just have more than one ranked on ranked matchup in the first eight days of the season. Yeah, it would be understandable, as you put it, if neither one of these relatively young head coaches wanted to challenge themselves in the non-league in, in such obvious ways, if only because most coaches don't want to challenge themselves in such obvious ways in the non-league portion of their schedule, and they can get away with it. They, they you know, a, a lot of them won't. I, don't, I won't say most or, you know, the overwhelming majority, but like a lot of them wouldn't do what what Tommy and John have, have done here. Just realize you put their names together, you get Tommy John. That's correct. I realized that when I was... I don't know, right in the column. It's not, it's not framed in there. I was like, it's when you put these guys together, they are, they're a surgery. They're Tommy John. That's right. You put these guys together. They become a surgery. <laughs> okay. 
So maybe, maybe that'll By make the way, the guy who got the surgery got the guy that named after him as opposed to the doctor that performed it. I've always had an issue with that. Shouldn't the guy that actually performed the procedure get the naming rights instead of the athlete? I feel like I've never thought about it, but I feel like if I were the surgeon yeah. and I and I did the surgery and they named it after the guy I did the surgery on, I'd feel like, yeah, I feel like I got cheated a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I got an issue with it. So. I do. You know I've what? Been, I've been holding that. I've been holding that in for the past ten years on the show. So I okay, I hadn't thought about it, but now I, I suddenly have an issue with it too. <laughs> I, 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 I take up your calls. Exactly. Thank you. Let's, I, I let's support that. Yes, I support your movement. Um, I talked to John about this even before he officially took over the Duke program from K, and he had indicated that he wanted to do this, and you know, just because Duke hadn't done this in recent years didn't wasn't going to prevent him from from doing it and one of the things i think he understands and and i hope he understands this because it's it's undeniably true i think he does understand this taking duke somewhere is like a big deal like when duke is at a place that's a big deal we can debate you know and i know kentucky fans and kansas fans and carolina fans you know we can debate what's the greatest men's basketball program of all time or what's the greatest men's basketball program right now i don't think there's much of a date a debate about what is the biggest brand in the sport and that is i I believe that to be duke somebody could maybe pull some numbers to try to support it or disprove it but i think duke being somewhere is a bigger deal than anybody else being somewhere on a national level so I, i can just remember when i was a beat writer covering memphis memphis played duke in the nit season tip-off title game like day after thanksgiving in the garden and that was a big deal not that memphis was playing on national tv the day after thanksgiving in the garden yeah that's it duke that memphis was playing duke for for a trophy was a big deal and i just think duke carries that kind of power in the sport and if you have the power as, as the head coach of that program to take them to arizona then take that program to, you know, UConn someday, to Gonzaga someday, to UCLA someday. However, you want to do it. It does seem that you know, from reading your column, both these guys want to. It's not just hey, let's find another good team. It's like let's find another big brand and let's do big brands on big brands. Yeah, it helps if teams are both Final Four contenders, but mostly we're, we, you know, we want big brands. Big, you know, we want to go to they, where their how uh, home is, and they we want to bring them to ours. I love it. It's good for the sport. I'd argue it's good for Duke and also good for Arizona independently because, as you point out in the column, yeah, I, I guess there's some downside to this in the sense that you know somebody's going to come out of here with a loss that they otherwise wouldn't have. But the committee is not going to punish you for losing at Duke. And, and, and if you're Duke and you lose the game, the committee's not going to punish you no. for losing to what would undeniably be a, a really good Arizona team if you win at Duke. So nobody loves like seed line bumps more than dead leg. You know that. But I think even he would tell you that the loser of this game on selection Sunday, the that somebody lost this game will matter not at all. I would I would I would suggest not at all. Yeah, I think that's that's highly possible and likely. And that's the 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 risk is minimal. The upside is tremendous. I mean, if Arizona can go in and win this game and get a quad one win, um, there's a decent probability that by the time we get to selection Sunday, 
if Arizona is to do it and Arizona would get the road win. So it would have more value than Duke getting the home win. It could be one of the five most valuable victories of the entire season. And having, I'm not going to, I don't, I'm not going to overstate this. This isn't a fearlessness. It's more of a, I want, and Tommy, they both said that they, they want their teams involved in games against opponents that matter on a national level that people want to watch these games. They want to test their guys. And I also think, and Shire didn't say this directly, but I, I, I kind of, I brought it up in conversation because the ACC right now is, and listen, the ACC is yet to lose a game as of the taping of this podcast. So maybe it's going to be undefeated by the end of the, the first week of the season. That would be a great thing. But because the ACC with 15 teams is, uh, putting at the feet of the uh, of many of its teams more quad three results as a result of this, um, you can have a little bit of a tug on your resume in the wrong direction, and so to potentially offset that because you can't control your league schedule and the Pac-12 has some of this too. And frankly, I think it's you know Tommy didn't bring this up either, but I, I have to think on some level these are these are smart guys that that certainly are that lean into. Uh, the metrics of the sport and understand how this works and how those things impact seeding and selection. Um, their conferences could be giving them just an extra two or three or maybe even four games that from a resume standpoint do nothing. And so if you can play this kind of game and the loss doesn't really hurt you and the win really boost you again, seed line bump situation here, then I think that's a, that's a, a factor that has to be acknowledged. I didn't put it in the column, but I also think that is, that is part of it here. And I hope that is contagious. There's also another part of this that I mentioned in the story, and that's the MTE space, multi-team events. We are getting more of them by the year. And the reason we're getting more of them is the industry is able through advertising um, and, and private ventures to be able to provide a lot of money to these teams to get paid. Like the reason why Baylor played Auburn in South Dakota, in addition to the Pentagon being an amazing venue is those teams got paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to play in that event by the organizers that surround it. Okay. That's why those kind of games happen. Now that's not an MTV MTE. It was a single team, uh, single game event, but in that space, the opportunity for these event organizers to say, Hey, we want you to play in this thing with these three other teams. Um, and if you do it, we're going to be able to pay you out $125,000 or we'll pay you $300,000. And so because of that, and because these programs are in the, they're in the business of not just wanting to win games, but also make money. Sometimes coaches see, all right, if we go to that, like, all right, maybe that one team is good and it's a good matchup, but the other one, like we should definitely win that. And plus I get to bring home 250 K to my athletic department. Um, because that is becoming more it's it's again it's a schedule creep the availability theoretically for these high major teams to schedule these games like a true home and home home away environments for your top 25 level programs they are just you know little opportunities here and there on the schedule are starting to disappear that being said ultimately this is in the it's up to the coaches the coaches have the say on what they're going to do when it comes to their schedule for the most part. Again, the Gavit games, which are now going away, which, which are also taking place over the next week, that, that is a conference to conference. The coaches don't have control over those matchups, but there are still, depending on the team, depending on the school, you have 11 non-conference games. Coaches will have anywhere between five and seven or eight or nine to decide, and they can pick which ones they want to do. It was a conscious decision for Arizona not to play in an MTE. I just talked to Chris Holtman, Ohio State. We'll get to the Buckeyes in the, later on the show. He He's another one. Now, Ohio State's not a top 20 program this year, but he said, 
I don't want to play in these neutral site games. I want home and homes. I he told me he had constant requests the entire offseason. Hey, there's this MTE, there's this MTE, there's this MTE. He kept having to tell his staff and the people in his athletic department, I don't want this. You know, I I don't I want to play home. So ultimately, this falls on the coaches, and I hope with the amount of attention that gets brought upon an Arizona at Duke this year and a Duke at Arizona next year, that the coaches that are in these, you know, if you've got a projected top 25 level team, arrange these home and homes and just give it a, again, just a little more juice. This is, this is a great thing. It's better than I take the game, no matter what, no matter where, no matter how, but Arizona at Duke just is more exciting than Arizona versus Duke in South Dakota or Las Vegas or Orlando, Florida. So it's it's refreshing to see these two coaches intentionally seek this out and they say that they're going to continue to do so. It's um good for the sport. It's also good for the players and not just from a you know get you battle tested perspective or whatever. Like people get old. They stop playing basketball, but they still watch it on TV and they got kids and they got grandkids and then Cameron Indoor pops up and so he goes, "Hey, that that you ever play there?" Hey, I did play there. You know, I did play. Yeah. Back in uh, November 2023, I guess. I mean, that's a real memory. Like, no offense to any neutral site location, but unless it's the garden, most neutral court is like, yeah. It's oh, let's, let's give a shout to Maui. But yeah. yeah. Yes. It's cool for people to go play in places they've been watching on TV forever. And then to be able to watch TV forever and say, oh, yeah, we played there back in 2023. And, you know, Duke creating home and homes, Arizona creating home and homes creates those memories for for those players. It's just you put a piece of paper down, start doing pros and cons. The pros far outweigh any cons for um, for most coaches of, of big brands in the sport. And um, I, like you, appreciate Tommy and John. It's a surgery. It's a surgery. I appreciate both of them, you know, being so willing so early in their head coaching careers to to go down this path. And and like you, I uh I hope more people follow their lead if they are in, in fact leading. There have been a couple of West Coast developments since we last talked. Gonzaga lost a player, Cal added one. We'll get into that next. First, a word from our partners. Couple of West Coast developments since we last talked. Gonzaga lost a player. His name's still Venters. Mm. Out for the season, knee injury. Meantime, Cal's Jalen Tyson finally got his two-time transfer waiver approved. Let's start with still Venters. How big of a loss is this for your Zags? My, oh, my Zags? I believe you have Gonzaga ranked higher than I do. Do you not? I my would love Zags. to claim the Zags if you'll let me. You, you can claim the Zags here. I, I Listen, it's... Gonzaga enters the season or entered the season with, you know, a lower projected ceiling than it had than it had in the past five plus seasons. Uh, that being said, still uh, safely and easily in in the rankings and was fifth at Ken Palm to start the season. Again, a lot of that's influenced by the past three, four, five seasons worth of results for Gonzaga as a collective program there. Um but I wouldn't say that few has exceptional depth this year at Gonzaga. At least it doesn't appear that way. And so for the Big Sky Player of the Year, a person who was expected to be, I think, an important piece offensively, offensively for them to not be available. Um, I think it's I think it's notable. Gonzaga is going to play. This game is not in our final form. One Gonzaga is going to play Friday night against Yale, a Yale team that's I have in my top 101 teams. 
projected to be the strongest team in the Ivy League. Granted, Yale's got to go on the road and play at Gonzaga. I don't expect Yale to win the game, but maybe no venters. We see what kind of team that Gonzaga has. Maybe it winds up being competitive. If Gonzaga wins by 27, I'm not going to be stunned. But in the big picture, like not having him, I, I do think this this knocks Gonzaga back ever so slightly. I think uh, with a lot of new pieces here, uh, they expected Venters to to play a, a something of a significant role. And now not having him, yeah, that 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 impacts potentially uh, the WCC race as well. St. Mary's edged Gonzaga in the preseason poll by one vote as the technical league, league favorite for the first time in a long time. Um. Yeah, I mean, you can't call him a, a, you know, when he commits to Gonzaga, you can't say he's a big addition without now also saying he's a big loss. Mm-hmm. Like, can't be a big addition if you ain't also a big loss if you get taken off the court. And we now know he's done for the season. Six seven wing, averaged 15.3 points last season. Eastern Washington shot above 40% in three years at Eastern Washington. He's the reigning Big Sky Player of the Year. And his injury cost the Zags a projected starter. Um some experience, uh, probably their best shooter, and uh, like, and it, and it damages the depth. It's not good. You know, the Zags were already missing three of the top four scores from last season. Now somebody who was expected to be one of the top four scores this season is also unavailable. They did sign, enroll a six-six freshman, Dusty Stromer, six sixty-second uh, in the class of two thousand twenty-three. So, hey, opportunity for him, perhaps. But if we thought last week that the Zags' streak of eight consecutive trips to the Sweet 16 was in jeopardy, we can both agree it's it's more in jeopardy today than than it was a week ago. This is not um, an ideal situation for Gonzaga. I'll continue to trust them until they suggest that I can't. Uh, there's still some good pieces in that program. They still got a future Hall of Fame coach. But losing a a wing with size who can shoot at this level um, like, like still Venters could um, that's that it's not impossible to overcome, but it's, it's something they now got to overcome at Cal news came yesterday. Uh, Jalen Tyson, who was a two-time transfer, started his career at Texas, then went to Texas tech, then transferred to Cal after Mark Adams was fired in part for allegedly um, using racially insensitive words and descriptions uh, for reasons that didn't make any sense to any sensible person. Jalen Tyson's initial waiver was denied by the NCAA. We talked about this on the Iron College Basketball Podcast episode that we did for CBS Sports Network. And here we are a week later. Uh, good news has arrived. I think the last thing I said about Jalen Tyson on that pod was hopefully the NCAA revisits this and does the right thing. And the right thing would be uh, to allow this young man to play this season. Uh, yesterday, the NCAA uh, did the right thing. So if we're going to bang on them uh, when they do the wrong thing, should uh, tip a hat to them when they do the right thing. I think they got the right thing done here. Yeah, uh, they did, without a doubt. I mean, his circumstances that led him to transfer out of Texas Tech and uh, all of his, you know, the things that he said he experienced there, uh, which obviously get vetted. Um, this was a no-brainer. Uh, we still are waiting on a number of of waiver decisions, and this is not a surprise. We're, you know, we're you know five days into the season, and uh, there's still um, 
players who are considered to be important pieces at other programs that uh, that haven't been cleared yet and are still kind of twisting in the wind. Jalen Tyson's case, perhaps because there was more attention and publicity around it. Uh, I don't know if it got expedited. It wasn't done before the season started, but it's it was one of the three highest profile. Hey, it wasn't handled. We brought it to CBS Sports Network. It got handled. Bada bing. Tyson, by the way, is actually, you know, in terms of who he is as a player, uh, you know, shot 40% from three point range last season and is like, is a, is a good dynamic wing that Cal needs. I don't know how good Cal is going to be this season, but when you're Mark Madsen and you are in your first season running a high major program, uh, every body available to you and that can improve your standing uh, matters a hell of a lot. Um, they get him available. Tyson deserves to be able to play. And so he is, uh, we wait on, we wait on others. Well, this will be trickling into next week and hopefully resolved by Thanksgiving in terms of all notable waiver decisions. Um, but even like big Z at Kentucky. Now that's not a waiver transfer decision, but that's an eligibility thing or he still hasn't been cleared. We're st- there are still, still stories like this out there, but good for Cal to get him, uh, to get him cleared. And yeah, I'm pretty much going to credit our, uh, our, our CBS sports network podcast episode for getting that done. Good, I'm not, job, I'm nice. not, I'm not, I'm not the type that's going to sit here and take credit for getting a young man eligible at a Pac-12 institution. It's just not my style. Liar! But if, uh, you know, if somebody else wanted to give us credit, I would humbly accept it. I wouldn't be comfortable accepting it, but I would accept it just in the spirit of doing what's right. It's a Friday, so you know it's in the spirit of doing what's right right now. Let's go. You know. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Final four in one time. You know what time it is. Is it? I, it should be. I thought you wanted to do your little news and notes. A little news and no, notes. That's after. That's after. It's not after the final four and one, by the way. That's not the way we do it. I know you like to start. I know you got your fingers wet trying to. Uh, Playing a little bit, but that ain't the way we plan it. Final four and one is last. <sighs> All right, JP. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you the way we do it. All right, JP. I don't want to be the one to have to remind you how we do things around here. Let's go. But that is the way we do things around here. Not to correct me if I'm wrong. I might be wrong. I, I'm wrong all the time. No, you're right on this one. I was, I was like, again, you're rushing to get to dessert, Norlander. What yeah, are you doing? This dude, wants, this dude wants his plate of bacon before he's had his pastrami sandwich. I do. Actually, I don't need either of those things, but yes, in general, yes. Yeah. Right, we can do a little news and notes. JMU beat Kent State down 10 with six and change to go. I got, we have to talk about JMU real quick. Do the we? Ending, do we? And yeah, I, we do. I, you know what? Do we? You're damn right, we do. Okay. okay, this, is the, this is the classic. This is the classic. College basketball nerds get real excited, and then and then in, in six weeks we it's over. I'm, I'm not well, you, I'm not predicting okay, that or gonna, hoping you're that. You're going to predict JMU's win total, and with that in mind, I got to figure you're going under 18 wins. No, I would. Not, I know I'm not going under 18 wins. It's going to be over. Yes. Okay. I believe in JMU. I just don't. I believe in Jamie Lee. I'm gonna leave it. It's the fourth president of the United States. I'm gonna just I'm gonna be quiet. It's the fourth president of the United States. I should be I, mean, I got I should, a Jared Burson reference in here, and you're trying to get me to not talk about that. I should show a little more respect. Exactly. That's on me. You go ahead. 
The Dukes are the only Division One team, according to Jared Burson, who used to work at ESPN Stats Information. Now he used to own ESPN Stats and Information. He is anymore, ESPN so. Stats oh. and Information. He still tweets out good, uh, good college hoops nuggets. Only D1 team in the past 30 years to open a season with two road wins that came in overtime. JMU. The Dukes. Terrence Edwards, by the way, another great game. Good job by him. 25 points, 10 boards, 6 assists. JMU is a projected winner and favorite for every game remaining in the calendar year of 2023. There's a tricky Southern Miss game in the first week of 2024. Oh, man, I've been knowing about them tricky Southern Miss games my whole life. So with that in mind... Shouts to Clarence Weatherspoon. And in the spirit... Spoon! In the spirit of our summer shoot-around series, we're going to do regular season win total for James Madison right now. All right. Two games behind. All right. Regular season win total. James Madison. What do you got? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I think, I think you, you have two non-league losses because that's, you're going to run into a little philosophical issue here. If, if you got two non-league losses per usual. I mean, I got them. I want to believe in James Madison. I felt like I didn't enter this part of the conversation with the right kind of enthusiasm. I apologize for that. Yeah, I know. I apologize for that. Too cynical. I apologize for that. I'm I'm sitting here saying I'm sorry. James Madison, regular season? 40. No, come on. They they only play 31. Uh, Yeah, I know, but... Okay. They're going to play really well. They're playing 31 games. Yep. Give an an honest guess here. How many wins? How would they, it would, if they get to the tournament, what's, how many wins are their postseason tournament, which is the Sun Belt this year? Football team hasn't lost, by the way. Things are going well for the Dukes. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 26 and 5. I'm going to say 27 and 4. Okay. They, I just want to be one more other than you. I want, I, want the James, I want the Dukes fans to know that of the Ion College basketball folk, I'm the one that believes in them more than anybody else. Just hit that back button about two and a half minutes ago. You might no. not get that same kind of vibe. No. By the way, Kent State had a 23-game home winning streak that was snapped. Uh, good job by JMU. Uh, FAU picked up where it left off. Just a quick... Al's got it done against Loyola Chicago. So good good initial signs there. Um, and then St. Mary's... New Mexico didn't have Jalen House, but St. Mary's 172-58 held Jamal Mashburn Jr. to only seven points on Thursday night. Aiden Mahaney... 25 points, and he looked... Uh, Do you see looked- this uh, tweet we got from David this morning? I did. I was going to invoke this. I invoke had- it, please. So, David Glidden on Twitter, he tweeted at us, and you can look up the most popular names for boys and girls in a given year because, hello, people get born, you gotta, be, you gotta go on the grid. You have a social security number. What? So, they track what? names. And uh, I didn't allow any of my children to get social security numbers. Seems illegal. All right, so I don't want. I don't. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want them being tracked. So he he sent along uh, this this graph about the popularity of the names Aiden and Tyler with an O. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, according to the government, Aiden with an A, Aiden with an E, A I D E N, nor Tyler were in the top one thousand most popular names in nineteen seventy seven, which he says is equivalent to fewer than seventy five total. So there were some out there apparently, but just not that many. Your general theory on the popularity of Aiden does seem to match up. It's a direct result of sex in the city, believe it or not. I, I don't think the graph correlates to uh, it's early nineties it seems to take off. 
Sex in the City, I think, debuted somewhere around like 98, something like that. So, like, but early 2000s is where it peaks. Oh, yeah, it peaks. And my oldest was born in 2003. Like my wife loved that show and she loved that character and that's where she got that name from and the only thing I could argue with her about I said we're not spelling it the same way as the show so I can always say well no it's not it's not of course I didn't name my first son after a character from Sex and the City what do you think I am so I made her change a letter we're A-I-D-E-N not A-I-D-A-N the character was A-N that's where we're at Parrish also has a child named after Oliver Purnell yes as a reminder to our new listeners. Yeah, I have one child named after a Sex and the City character, second child named after Oliver Purnell, and we named our third child after uh, Louis Armstrong. Better than Louis C.K. <laughs> you got that right. By the way, Michigan State is two for 31 from three-point range through two games. They didn't have an issue winning on Thursday night, but I did want to at least note that a team that was really, really good at three-point shooting last season has started off very poorly. We'll keep an eye on Sparty moving forward. That's all my news and notes, okay? It's dessert time then. Oh, it's dessert time then. Let's go. It's time for the final 401. But before we do that, I need one more word from somebody I call a partner. She said, I want to name this kid after a uh, Sex and the City character. I said, you better change that third vowel or I'm out of here. Yeah, that's that's how it went down. You'll raise this kid alone. Yeah, I'm you sure don't change that third vowel. I ain't going to get pushed around in my own house when it comes to naming kids. feel like he did. Had no say in any of it. Zero. Dude, I, I name. How about this? Oliver has a middle name that I didn't have nothing to do with. I, I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> I'm talking about I came back in the room. The birth certificate sitting there. The nurse hands it to me yep. and says, uh, hey, just make sure. I just want you to. You know, check it, make sure everything's right. I look at it. I'm like, Oliver Jean, where is Jean come yeah. from? I never heard this before in my life. She said, well, that's my grandmother's middle name. It would mean a lot to my grandmother. And Sister Jean. And Sister Jean. I have a, a son named after Oliver Purnell and a son named after her Sister Jean. And uh, I said, D- did we just, would it be okay if I did that? If you got the birth certificate and I just put a random name in there that we'd never. That's works. That's not, and uh I just said, okay, what do I care? And she said, uh, did you just go through nine months of pregnancy? And then you say, nope. I did say no. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. I just said, hey, I'm going to go get a cup of coffee, I think. You need anything? I'm going to go get a cup of coffee. It's the final four and one. A reminder. A reminder. We pick four games. We rename the arenas. Yep. We do it against the spread. It's presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. It is. And I won last year. Make every moment more. I think you've won every year. I haven't. There was one year that you won. Oh, man. I, yeah. I'd love to go back to that place. Yeah. Yep. You know, I'd love to get a... F- you paid up one bet by paying for my Astros ticket at the Final Four. Okay. But you technically still have not paid up a bet where you buy me a ticket to a concert of my choice. And we that still hasn't happened. We were going to see Rage Against the Machine together. And then Zach De La Roca broke his or tore his ACL. They canceled the tour. They haven't gone back on since. So you still have one outstanding bet. Just Did we go to Run the Jewels or something? That was that was like that was a bet you paid off like five years ago. Man, I can't keep track. What is uh, what is on the line for the season long? I, I, I like your chances this year. I got to be honest. I think you're going to win. What, what's on the line this year? If I win, you have to move that coat rack out of the frame. The coat rack's getting moved out of the frame by the next episode. Wow. Yeah. 
That's not a that's not a you request. That's a that's a wife request. Oh well, yeah. at least me and your wife are on the same page. Yeah, Listen, I, I, I'm I surprised it hadn't been a so much room up here. I gotta have the coach. I'm surprised it hadn't been a a from above a request yet. A what? They just throw you on CBS Sports HQ all the time. You got shirts in your background. No, I'm on I, my HQ one's the other one. It's the shell. I don't do this one for HQ. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Have you ever? You've been on HQ with me. Do I ever go on HQ with my podcast setup? No, I don't pay attention. You're out of your mind, right? I now. only look at myself. Okay. I'm going to shouts to CBS at gmail.com. Send your suggestions for what wager should be on the line for me and Parrish for the season for the final four. One again, shouts to CBS at gmail.com or drop them right here in the chat. We're zero and zero and zero against each other. And it's time. And as a reminder, this is a vessel, a vehicle, a reason to talk about games. Okay. Do we pick them against the spread? Sure. Of course we do. But we're really just picking, you know, off the top of our domes. So with that in mind, by the way, I'm not playing the music right now. I, I, I just freaked myself out. That's a that's a not a production situation right there. GPTSF, what do we got? It's presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. I used to not pick Friday games. Remember that? You uh, you were wrong then, and you've you've found the error of your ways. I decided to change. I don't want to live like that anymore. I just didn't want to live. You know, you wake up one day, you go, I don't want to live like this anymore. Yeah. Also, if you look at the schedule this weekend, we have no choice. That's right. You know, sometimes you have to look at the schedule, and then you look at the schedule, and you, you go, man, I don't want to live like this anymore. So I decided to start picking Friday games. Here we are, game one, Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. It's number 12, Arizona, at number two, Duke inside RJ Indoor Stadium. You can watch it on ESPN2. Duke minus five and a half. It's Duke minus five and a half. Caleb Love returning to Cameron Indoor, by the way. Fun little subplot here. Uh, Caleb Love, seven career games against Duke. All of them, obviously, at North Carolina. Averaged 17.7 points, 4.4 dimes, 3.3 boards, shot 40%. In Cameron specifically, Love's averages are 19.7 points, 2.7 boards, 5.3 assists while shooting 42% from three-point range. He has fared well in that building. Um, Mark Mitchell, sprained ankle. It sounds like he's going to try and give it a go at Shire's media availability on Thursday. Um, it, it seemed to indicate that he is more likely to play than not, but we'll wait and see. Mitchell, obviously, a very important player there. Um We'll keep an eye on that. If not, Filipowski may need to come up. Biggie at 25 in the opener. Trivia time! This is a trivia time that's been sitting around for weeks here. Kyle Filipowski won ACC Rookie of the Year last season, GP. True. I say true. He is the first ACC Rookie of the Year to return to school since what player? Don't think you have any shot. I don't think you have any shot at getting this. No shot. Shane Larkin. I don't think he ever won ACC Rookie of the Year. The answer he should have is Boston College's Olivier Hanlon. I knew it was going to be somebody from Boston College. It, every weird know. answer to an ACC question is somebody from Boston College. <laughs> I doubt. No, that's true. Ten years, ten years, and that makes sense. If you play in the ACC and you're a Rookie of the Year, more likely not to be a Duke, and that means you're using name Paulo, exactly, or Carolina, or but you know, and or then. Aiden. 
So Flip's the first in a decade to win to be the best freshman in the league and then opt to uh, opt to return there. Um, Caleb Foster had 15 in Duke's uh, season opener, which is good. Tommy Lloyd, 11 and four against top 25 opponents at Arizona. He is four and one against top five teams since he got that job. Um, but yet, Arizona as a program, GP, last time it won on the road against a team ranked in the top two, March 8th of 2001 against, yes, number one, Stanford. That oh, my happened. God. How, how are you supposed one? to go beat teams on the road in the top two? <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty ridiculous bar to say. Yeah, I'm just saying. You haven't beat a top two team on the road in decades. The last like, time it happened. Last time it happened. Um, well, most programs have never done that. Seven of the nine all-time meetings between these schools have been decided by single digits. I know John Brown ain't never done that. What's this line? Five and a half. Big number. Arizona. Give it to me. That's too, yeah. ma- that's, that's too many points. Arizona. Now, I cannot wait for this game, man. This is tremendous stuff, but I will go Arizona inside the number. Trivia time. Which right. one of us Olivier Hanlon. suggested that Cal Filipowski might not be Duke's best player this year? Right before he went out and got twenty five and seven in the opener, I think that had to be you. It was you. Did I? You said I'm not even sure Philip Pussy's going to be their best player, and I said, "What are you?" Uh, doing? I think I might have said most important player, shouts to Jeremy Roach. But either way, I'll take the L. Who's the most? Who's more important than a guy getting twenty five and seven? The guy giving him the ball. I'd rather sub somebody in for the guy giving him the ball than sub somebody in for him. Right. I like them both though. Duke's awesome. Arizona scored 122 in its opener. 55% from the field, 44% from three, 81% from the free throw line. Take those numbers. Both years, top 10 offense under Tommy Lloyd. Yes or no? Arizona is a top 10 offense in the country again this year. Yes. On track? Yes. On track after game one. I also I feel like they're begging us to take Arizona. They top, might be. Top 15 team. I Big know. brand, you giving them five and a half points? I feel like we're. I feel like there's some funny business going on. Fire, man. I, I I agree. It's. it's I feel like there's some funny business going on here. I, I feel like they're saying, "How could you not take Arizona plus five and a half?" Watch this. Watch this. I'm gonna turn it around on them. Yeah. Duke <laughs> minus five and a half. That's where I'm at. You, you, just, turned, you just you just turned it around on them. I just flipped it over. Well done. Just flipped it over. They said, uh, "That's what they, they want you to do. They want you to turn it around on them." So don't now, tell me, buddy. I know doing exactly what they want. No, 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 no. You did exactly what they want. Yeah, that's what they want you to think is that you think you're a they sheep. What they want, but you you're do what a they sheep. Want. You're a sheep. You do exactly what they want. I mean, who's the independent thinker now? Flash. Game two. Flash <laughs> all right, that's gonna. All right, continue. I, I think we've said enough. That's about Duke Arizona, yeah. don't you think? I, I do think so. Yeah. The, bet, the 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 bets are in. You t- you're a sheep. Well, the, the picks are in. Let's be clear. I will not be betting on this game. I do not bet on the games. So the picks are in. One of us is a sheep and took Arizona like they want us to. The other one's an independent thinker. It's going to go with Duke at home. Uh, if Arizona covers the number nada, this is getting clipped. ASAP. Before the sun comes up Saturday. All right, game two. There's no guarantee the sun's coming up Saturday. It's a bigger guarantee than Duke covering five and a half. Independent thinker. I know what they want me to do. 
I'm going to do the opposite. Game two, Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Number 15, Texas A&M at Ohio State inside Mike Conley Arena. You can watch it on Peacock. Ohio State minus one and a half. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Whoa. Ooh. One and a half. Oh, I know what they want you to do here. It's the fourth all-time meeting. These teams last faced off in 2007. Um, A&M right now, this is uh, this is their third best ranking heading into a season in program history. Only other years, they were 13th in 07, 14th in 1980, 15th right now. Um, Ohio State kind of dodged a mini disaster earlier in the week. Home against Oakland, pulled that out. Uh, A&M brings back, we talked about this preseason, but, you know, their most important players in terms of minutes, leaders, points, rebounds, steals, assists, three-pointers made, they're all back. This is a, this is a, this is a road game. I actually thought that this was going to be Ohio State minus half a point. I, man, I will go A&M here. I'm going to take A&M on the road straight up. Give me Buzz Williams team. I picked them to win the SEC. I picked them top 10. They got to ride with them on the first game of the season. A&M returned four starters from a team that went 15-3 and three in the SEC. And the SEC is a league that pres- produced the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. They had the fourth incarnation of Wade Taylor. The fi- Listen, the world has been building to this moment tonight. Ohio State. We had the first Wade Taylor. Good man, but he couldn't get this done. Couldn't. That's right. We had the second Wade Taylor. Good man. Never went to Columbus, Ohio to win a basketball game. Not to my Third mind. Wade Taylor. Good man. But it took us four tries. Fourth time's a charm. Now we got us a Wade Taylor. Who's ready to go to Mike Conley Arena. Here's the thing, though. That's what they want. Here's the thing. Oh, gosh. You know what all the sheep are thinking? Hold up. This team went 15-3 and in the SEC, in the NCAA tournament, ranked 15th in the country, got four starters back, including the fourth incarnation of a Wade Taylor. And I'm getting points with them on the road against the Ohio State team that wasn't good last season? What do you think the sheep are doing? What's the picture you What do you think the sheep are doing? They're taking A&M. What do you think the independent thinkers are doing? Not falling for it. Not falling for it. I'm going to take unranked Ohio State. And I'm going to lay that one and a half point. Can't trick me. Big it's season a, for Chris Holtman. It sounds like you're giving him some credit right now. I know, I know Ohio State fans have been troubled. Bothered. You still got one. I, you still got one of the best coaches in the country. Just had a rough season last season. Would you agree with that? Would you? Would you? Would you co-sign that? Ohio State still has one of the best coaches in the country. Yeah. Just had a rough season. Agreed. All right. This is a big one. Though. Year seven. Four NCAA tournament appearance so far, but this is what Buckeye fans will tell you: zero Sweet Sixteens, and then missed the tournament last season. Only been a top four seed once, so really only is supposed to, based on seeding, had been in. T- the sweet only supposed to have been in the Sweet 16 once. So just, but was a two seed in 2021. That's when they lost to Oral Roberts, round of 64. Tonight, first step back in the right direction. Quality win at home. Ohio State minus one and a half. Game three, Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. UCF at number 13, Miami, inside the 
Shane Larkin center. That's why you said Shane Larkin earlier. It's the only Miami player you could think of. Why did you pick this game? I'm not opposed to talking about it, but I'm curious about, we got some good nominees. Why was this, why was this one on the list for you? I want to tell you about Norshad O'Meer. All right, let's do it. You know, you know, Norshad. I do. 20 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, three steals in the opener. Did you notice? Two of two from three. He only took 16 threes all last season in 37 games. Took two and made both in the opener. What if he's now a perimeter threat? What if he's now a unicorn? I'm going to say no. You're skeptical of... Uh, of him being a unicorn three-point threat? Yeah, I'm skeptical. Yes. He's shooting 100% from three so far this season. Yep. You know any, You know anybody who's shooting 100% from three? <laughs> at this point, I, I, the number might be triple digits at this point in the season. Well, one. Of, I'll tell you one of them. It's a 6'7 front court star for your final four Miami Hurricanes. He's back. And, and apparently better than ever, more versatile than ever. Nine and a half. I'll Put him in a three-point competition at the Final Four. I have to take Miami here. I don't know how good or not UCF is. This is at Miami. Sunshine State battle. UCF now in the Big 12. It's a competitive non-conference game to say the least. I'm in on the Canes. They want you to take Miami, and I'm taking Miami. There's some funny business going on over in the computers with Miami. It's been Miami's like this for a while. Miami's 43rd at Kempa. Finished 24th last season at Kempa after making the Final Four. And this ain't some like team that uh, got hot and made the Final Four. Like They were co-ACC champs. They were good. They make the co-ACC champs, make the Final Four, bring back three starters, add Matthew Cleveland, and you go down to the 40s to start the season? How's that work? Text text your buddy, Kim Pomeroy. Ask him how that works. <laughs> He's on... Uh, Just say GP wants to know how that works. Time. It's not even 8 a.m. here. I'm not, I'm not hitting him Just up. Just say, hey, I'm talking to GP. He wants to know how that works. <laughs> Miami into the season 24th. Bring back three starters, add Matthew Cleveland. Norshad shooting threes. They're 48th at Torvik. What? Get, text your buddy Bart Torvik. Tell him GP wants to know what's going on. How does that happen? 34th at EvanMaya.com. Shouts to Evan. Nobody respects the Hurricanes. I can't find a single computer that respects the Hurricanes. Disrespectful. So with that in mind, you're taking them to cover the nine and a half. Yes. They're undervalued. They're undervalued. All right, I think we can get to the next game here. Game four, Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern. Number nine, Tennessee at Wisconsin inside the Kaminsky Center. You can watch that on Peacock. Tennessee minus two and a half. Peacock all over the place right now. Um, is that in here? Yeah, yeah. I got, of course I got that. Badgers, three and two against Tennessee all time. Greg Gard, two and oh against the Volunteers. Teams last played each other in 2019 in Knoxville. Guess what? Wisconsin won that game 68-48. Another guess what? No one involved in that game is involved in this game. Um, man, Guard has been has been reliable when playing top 10 teams. Uh, won 10 times against top 10 teams since he 
since he took over. And six of the top 10 wins are against top five teams. Uh, Tennessee is ranked ninth. I am, I'm of the belief that Wisconsin on a national level isn't quite recognized for its ceiling this season. I think it's got a really good shot. Also, how many points did this team score in its opener? How many was it? looking right now they it was arkansas state they dropped 105 now it's, it's arkansas state i get it but they, arkansas state start it's going to be rolling to brian hodgson he's landing like four-star recruits in the Sun Belt. good arkansas state's the only team that's going to challenge jmu this year wisconsin dropped 105 on their heads uh i'm going to take wisconsin to win this game I, I wisconsin winning this game would not surprise me in the slightest they've got similar to texas a&m a majority of their players returning um Tyler Wall, Tucky Hepburn, a GP favorite, of course. Steven Crowell, the seven-footer. It's two of three from three-point range this season, though, by the way. It's not two of two, but it's two of three. I do like Wisconsin to win. I have a feeling, it could be wrong. I'm I'm usually wrong about this. This might be the best game of the night. Um, Arizona-Duke is the best matchup, the most anticipated. But because of the way these teams play, I almost wonder if this might be the one that's destined to rubber band between no bigger than a five or six, seven point margin on either side. Love this one. Give me Bucky. It's going to be a fist fight. You think it's going to be a fist fight? I'm not going to go that far. I'm glad you got that peacock impression that on, on file. Yeah, of course. I'll always I'm glad you could hear it. (laughs) Hey, we moving in the right direction. Right. Buddy, we're going to get this thing figured out eventually. I'm glad we got that. I feel like that. I feel like it might never get better than that for me. Uh, it's certainly possible. You know how you age and your voice changes with time, like Axl Rose, right? Oh boy! You ever seen Axl Rose try to sing "Say Sweet Child of Mine" in 2023? Thankfully, no. By the way, someone in the chat is asking if Zakai Ziegler is going to play. Uh, yeah, he'll play. He play. He came off the bench in Tennessee's opener. He is back, coming off an ACL tear. Obviously, a very important player. Dalton Connect is the big name to know here. He, uh, he's he got real good potential in Northern Colorado transfer, in addition to guys like Josiah Jordan James and Santiago Vescovi. Floor is yours, GP. I just don't want to look up in like 25 years and I'm trying to do peacock impressions and it, you know, or sing Sweet Child of Mine, and I can't do either one of them the way I used to could do it, right? So you always have, you always have that from that moment. That's like my appetite for destruction, what you have right there. I'll always have that. I won't. I might not always be able to do that, but I'll always have that to reference. Appreciate you keeping that on file. You're welcome. I'm taking Tennessee minus the two and a half. I have to believe in the Vols. Because we're on opposite sides. I like that. The computers love the Vols as much as they hate Miami. What do you think that's about? It's a conspiracy that goes back years. I, I know. That's what I've been trying to... I watched a YouTube video about that. They had a YouTube video about that. Keep that research up. You get to do the and one game, Deadleg. You remember? Do you remember that part of this? I do remember that. I also give the listeners a little heads up on the few other games that we're not going to pick that they should know about. So, what do you want first? You want the and one or the quick rundown on the four or five games we're not picking that people should be aware of? I think. I think in in uh, recent history, you yeah. you popped around a few games and then been like, but the one we're picking is, and that's what we're going to do. All right. Um, Virginia at Florida, Friday night in Charlotte. Nada, are you going to be at this game? I was I was there for Caitlin Clark last night. I will be there for the triple header for tonight, yes, including that game. Caitlin Clark had 
44, I believe. Yes. yes. Yeah. And should have had 60. Biggest star in college basketball. Um, she is She is more famous than any men's player, isn't right. she? Yes, she is the biggest star in college basketball. Okay. There, okay, who's the second biggest star in college basketball? Uh, Angel Reese, I think, is the second biggest star in college basketball. Who's the third, then? I would say Zach Eady is probably the third. Zach Eady or Paige Beckers? Ooh, good question. Um, mm, Paige didn't play last season. That's actually that's a good... She's back, though. She's back. She's back. That's a good one. That's a toss-up right there. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, no. Somebody points out in the chat. What's up? I'm supposed to have to go against you in game three. Ah, too bad. See, the thing is, you get all cut, you get all cut up in your final four and one. You're not looking at the document. You're not, you're not following the procedures. <sighs> See? That's karma, buddy. It's karma. Too late. You can't go back on it. Damn. Nada will be at Virginia versus Florida Friday night in Charlotte. Uh, Virginia Tech in South Carolina is the men's nightcap at the Spectrum Center as well. M- Memphis plays at Mizzou, 9 Eastern, SEC Network. Some some new look stuff with both those teams. DeAndre Williams didn't get cleared. We are not going to have a 27-year-old playing college basketball this season. No, but he's he said he's going to keep supporting the Tigers, and he'll be watching from uh, the nursing home. Unnecessary. Gosh. I was kidding. Unnecessary. I love DeAndre. Williams. I genuinely wanted to see him play and just dominate fools, but alas, not the case. Mizzou was uh, was last seen by a wide audience uh, getting just stunned by Princeton in the tournament. Um, Dennis Gates has some new pieces this year. That's an intriguing one. Again, nine Eastern SEC Network. And Dennis Gates just signed the second ranked class in 2023. He is. Highest ranked class in school history. How about that? How about that? Uh, We mentioned earlier in the show, um, big injury news at Gonzaga. I would argue maybe Malachi Smith at Dayton could Ah, be here. Uh, Dayton plays at Northwestern, uh, 8.30 Eastern on Big Ten Network. Uh, No Malachi Smith. He was hurt seven minutes into Dayton's opener. Um, He's going to uh, be out for the rest of the season. Tore his lateral meniscus in his right knee. That's a problem for the Flyers. It's a problem for me. I had Flyers top 25 heading into the preseason. Um, this could be a defensive battle. Dayton's got a shot. Best defensive team in the A-10 last season. Uh, it might be a first to 60 wins this one. We'll see on that. But those are a few other Friday games to know. Our and one pick? I'm going to some old Mountain West foes. We're heading to Brandon Davies Court. Okay. Friday. 9 Eastern. Number 17, San Diego State. At... BYU on Brandon Davies court game is on ESPN plus mm-hmm. you got this line JP not as posted at BYU minus one and a half okay that's what I just wanted to make sure okay BYU minus one and a half on its home floor against the ranked Aztecs who you got well this is easy um, do I either want to pick my Aztecs or the school that punished Brandon Davies for getting it in. Come on, man. You know who you know who you know what side I'm on. I, I can't pick a school that punished Brandon Davies for having fun. I can't get down like that. That's not how I get down. I ride with San Diego State. I had Lamont Butler top forty on my ballot. Top 101 players in college basketball. <laughs> you bums left him off completely. 
I got San Diego State fans. That's the team. That's why. I, I got San Diego State. You don't think Kyle Filipowski's the best player on his team? Darion Trammell, stand up. Let's go. Short King. I, I got San Diego State fans like, GP, Lamont Butler's not one of the top 101 players in the country. That's why I can't take your list seriously. I said, that's not my list. That's my <laughs> list. Boy, I love it when people tell me they can't take the list seriously. <laughs> this is why I can't take your list seriously. I'm like, ooh. I need a list of the lists that people can take seriously. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. What will I What will I do now that you can't take this list seriously? <laughs> I won't be able to sleep tonight. Oh, man. <laughs> do you know how big of a nerd you got to be to tweet somebody? That you can't take their list seriously. <laughs> I, need, I need. I need. Listen. I need. I need the folks out there to find Mr. Gary Parish on what's now known as a social media platform known as X. And this can be all in good fun, but to the people that don't listen to the show that might pop in on the replies, I'm going to need some consistency over the next couple of weeks, maybe months. And every time GP shares his rankings every morning, I'm going to need some folks being like, I can't take this list seriously. It's so good. <laughs> and it's always something like this. It's not even like, you've got Florida Atlantic in the top five. I can't take this list seriously. Although you do get that one a lot. It's, uh, it's, it's like, Arizona over UCLA? I can't take this list seriously. It's like, it, it, like that's... <laughs> Arizona over UC is not not a radical opinion, <laughs> but it'll make somebody out there. I can't. I just can't take this list seriously. Wow, so good. It's like, oh man. Well, let me delete it. <laughs> let me delete. Let me delete the list then, since you can't take it seriously. Random person on X, nerd. Man, if, you ever, if you ever catch me tweeting at Matt Snyder in the middle of July. Uh, you know what? I don't think this is unthinkable. <laughs> and you blown a 6-2 ninth inning lead or something like that. I, I think in the heat of the moment, even you might be. You scared. have the Mets eighth, and I, I can't imagine how anybody have them lower than sixth. I can't take this list seriously. You ever catch me doing that? I want you to hire a mover, send me to Bloomington, take my internet away. Texas San Diego State, man. I can't. I'll never forget what BYU did to that man. Okay. I'll never forget what BYU did to that man. He's trying to go to a Final Four and bang. That's it. I'm gonna take BYU in the spot, man. Then you're then denounce. An incorrect. No, no. De- denounce it's, your it's, affiliation with us. No. Denounce your affiliation no, with we're us. We're gonna then. be clear about this. You can pick BYU to win a basketball game. It doesn't make you with them, okay? They're not exclusive. Again, Brandon Davies played for the program and is one of us, okay? Literally a member wore the jersey. I can take BYU. They, to they embarrassed. They humiliated that man. Marriott Center is a tough place to play. That's true. BYU That's true. projected to win. A lot of angsty energy in that place for... Numerous reasons. They're feisty. I'm going BYU. I, but this is a really, really good game. Top three game for me. Top three Friday night. Arizona Duke, Wisconsin, Tennessee, Aztecs, Cougs. Good, good stuff there. Give me BYU. 
GP's got SDSU, and that's the final four in one. Do you know how to do a sheep impression? If so, I'd like to hear yours now. You've been doing one. You've been doing one for sixty-two minutes. <laughs> a sixty-two minute sheep it. impression from Deadleg. Who's the independent thinker now? You're gonna be upside down if 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 Arizona covers the spread. I don't understand any of it. To be clear, neither of us really care about our picks. Yeah, we don't even put any thought into this. We just we're just talking. <laughs> we're just talking. We're just talking. We don't put any thought into these picks. We're just talking. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry M.F. and Teagle. Legend. I got a shout. Now. I got a shout. Frank Job. Frank Job. Who's Frank Job? So should, should, Not that Job. The guy who did Tommy John surgery. Shouts to Frank Job. It should, be, it should be Frank Job surgery. It should be Frank Job surgery. Should be Frank Job surgery. Yeah, Tommy John gets all the glory. That's not fair, man. That's a big. That's a big How mistake. You, Frank Job. That's a big mistake we've made in this country. We lost him in 2014. We carry, we carry this podcast on in your memory. It's the Frank Job Memorial Podcast. That final four and one was presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. And we appreciate you guys for spending the past uh, 64 minutes with us. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. More of us than there are of them. Us. Them. Not a chance. Us. Them. There's more of us than there are of them. And that needs to be reflected in the comments. So do that. We'll talk to you again on Sunday. I can't wait. Till then, take care.